This is a production of Cornell University. Hello and welcome to the Cornell Turfgrass Shortcut Podcast, your weekly connection to turfgrass information. Brought to you by Cornell University's Turfgrass Program in partnership with the New York State Turfgrass Association. My name is Frank Rossi. I'm an associate professor of turfgrass science here in the Department of Horticulture at Cornell University. And the following are observations and recommendations for the week of April 5th, 2010. Well, the warm temps are surging growth and disease models are starting to show risk. Warm, wet growing conditions really moving the season along. Most have made their first seed at apps and many into their second round. Reports of annual bluegrass weevils, weeds, and several disease issues already this spring. Sports turf managers are struggling with poor draining fields and high traffic could be an excellent time for in-season overseeding. Keep an eye out for early germinating summer annuals and consider tenacity where you expect to do some seeding. An excellent discussion this week with our own weather guru, Art Gaetano, on climate change. And speaking of Art Gaetano, let's talk about the weather from last week. Temperatures uh, were that a very warm week with temps 2 to, f- 2 to 4 degrees above normal. The seed head growing degree days, the base 32 units, have surged this spring to levels way ahead of last season. The favorable window for proxies extended well into upstate New York, except for the higher elevations, and even embark into the Hudson Valley with marginal conditions for upstate. And so the proxy uh, window is between three and 400, and typically the embark window is between four and 600. Again, uh, precipitation, epic rainfall amounts along the coast this past week with some areas between 8 to 10 inches of rain um, along the, along the east, northeastern coast. Vapotranspiration for the week was about three-tenths of an inch region-wide, so probably not a def, uh, deficit anywhere. Soil temperatures at 2 inches were still in the 40s and 50s, and some areas in the 60s to the south. And of course, some of those numbers will be higher in bare soil, and that's, of course, where some of those weed seeds are germinating. In fact, there is some disease risk noted on the model, high risk for dollar spot and foliar anthracnose in the Wednesday to Friday time frame throughout the Northeast. The forecast for this coming week, again, historically warm weather continues early in the week with showers coming through midweek. Expect temperatures to be 10 to 15 degrees above normal with highs in the 70s and lows only in the 50s. Long-term models call for warm and wet conditions to persist. Check out all the weather information in the predictive maps at our forecast website at www.nrcc.cornell.edu backslash grass. The Cornell Cooperative Extension update begins with a report from Walt Nelson, the shortest snow cover in history for the Rochester area, and the first time ever no recorded snow in March just went pat, just went by. Cool season brown pat samples have come into the lab, and many lawn and landscape firms are starting fertilizer and weed control applications. The Westchester report from Rick Harper and Jerry Giordano for Scythia well into bloom, and with it, questions about annual bluegrass weevil and crabgrass control programs, questions about reestablishing areas with crabgrass skeletons, and it seems best to remove the debris and seed with perennial ryegrass to get some quick cover. The Long Island report from Tom Kowalsik. Rainfall amounts in the 8 to 10 inch range for the last week along the coast. Many fields and lawns have been flooded and in some cases flooded with salt water. Lots of winter annual weeds actively growing and wet conditions ideal for moss invasion. Some have made their mowing of lawns in the area, but many sod farms still slow to green up with the elite Kentucky bluegrass varieties that we'll talk more about in Gazing in the Grass. Our USGA USGA update. From Jim Skorolski, Senior Agronomist for the Northeast Region. 
Jim starts by talking about annual bluegrass weevil. Wet in New England and especially along the coast, annual bluegrass weevil adults became active in Connecticut and Massachusetts around March 20th, with adults being picked up in pitfall traps at several locations. The wet weather has, however, delayed the initial control programs against the adults. From winter injury, winter has been difficult for a number of golf courses around the Boston area. I've heard reports of more sporadic damage in the western Massachusetts, Connecticut, and eastern New York. Golf courses located further north seem to have come through well. I attribute the damage this season to a pretty severe cold snap that occurred in late January. The mild conditions have been helpful for recovery effort thus far. The seeding at that golf course was initiated in early mid-March, and the greens covered, and with some good fortune, we were able to enjoy the early establishment success. Our first sports turf report from Joanne Grudadorio, sports turf specialist. Early season practices, and particularly seeding, although we have had some sunshine and incredible warm temperatures for this time of year. Fields may still be wet, especially downstate, and although soil temperatures are warming up, soils are still on the cold side. As soon as your fields dry out, you should be prepared to airify and overseed them with perennial rye. Lacrosse fields are already destroyed, so consider overseeding heavily with as much as 10 to 12 pounds of perennial rye per thousand square feet. Weed management, if you're allowed to use herbicides from your IPM toolbox and pass weed pressure warrants action, you can use pre-emergent herbicides to prevent weed seeds like poa, not weed or crabgrass from germinating. Tenacity, active ingredient mesotrione, can be applied at the time of seeding without adversely affecting desirable grasses or new grass seedlings. If you plan to use another pre-emergent herbicide, check the label. Most of them do not allow reseeding with desirable grasses for three to four months. Rolling. If you are planning to roll your fields to press uprooted or heave plants or to smooth out uneven surfaces, remember that rolling wet soil will increase soil compaction. Make sure the roller is not too heavy for your situation. Some managers have found it beneficial to aerify first, then roll to get the ruts out and always roll fields in two directions. The Rutgers Diagnostic Update from Rich Buckley, Laboratory Coordinator. Uh, pink snow mold is the disease of the week for golf turf. The fungus Microdochium nivale causes pink snow mold, which is also known as fusarium patch. Microdochium can grow between temperatures of 35 and 65 degrees Fahrenheit. The optimum temperature for growth, however, is 45 degrees, and when combined with 48 to 72 hours of leaf wetness, like earlier this week, the requirements for disease outbreak are met. No need for snow. All we need is cool, wet weather to get the disease going. Normal symptoms expression consists of bronze ring-like spots that die into tan centers. During conditions of rapid weather changes, however, disease can flare up and get moved with mowers. The resulting damage is irregular bronze streaks in the turf. Remember that 65 degrees Fahrenheit is a high temperature for the fungus. A popular tank mix of chlorothalonil and epridiol is an effective treatment for pink snow mold. Make your fungicide applications preceding any unruly weather to prevent disease flare-ups. Also, be careful not to mow over and spread the fungus. Pink snow mold is one of those diseases that will streak uh, with the mower like pythium does or move with water like pythium does. Uh, a discussion about Climate Gate with our director of the Northeast Climate Center, Art D. Gaetano, began by asking, why is there controversy over climate change? Art talks about two primary reasons for the controversy over climate change and carbon emissions. Number one, it's become a political issue where many ask, do you believe in climate change as if it were something you did based on faith rather than on actual data? And number two, the adjustments required in our lifestyle to stay off the issue and avoid some more significant problems with climate change are not palatable to the average citizen. And the decisions we face are complex and not simply climate related. Rather, they are economic, social, military, and of course, strategic. 
Now, a discussion, a brief discussion about errors in the United Nations report. There have been several widely publicized critiques on the International Program for Climate Change report from the UN citing errors. The IPCC report is a three-volume report over 1,000 pages in three sections, climate science, impacts of climate change, and mitigation strategies. The so-called errors in the report are simply conflicting numbers, and in fact, when viewed in its entirety, the errors were about 0.006% of the report. Now, the Gazing in the Grass report for this week, from yours truly. Annual bluegrass seed head suppression. Many golf course superintendents have made their initial applications to seed head suppression programs. I expect most to get excellent seed head suppression from a single application this season, as we often observe less seed head pressure during wet years. Seed head formation is often considered a stress response and therefore unlikely to be a significant issue this spring. A note about Kentucky bluegrass varieties. As Kentucky bluegrass varieties improved over the last decade, there is increased use of midnight types and compact aggressive types, especially on high-end lawns and sports turf, notably planted from sod. These areas are notoriously slow to green up. Now, with the quick spring weather we are having, this may help some, but expect this effect to persist for a few more weeks. Maybe it's time for the industry to consider additions of mid-Atlantic or other Kentucky bluegrass types that afford improved spring color, but do not sacrifice the disease resistance and overall quality of these elite types. And just a final comment about early season anthracnose. Nothing puts fear into golf course superintendents like reports of anthracnose. A close review of the literature suggests growth of this fungus will not occur to any degree when temperatures are below 59 degrees Fahrenheit. Therefore, it is unlikely early season sprays will be anything but a waste as the plants already infected will die. New plants will not be infected. It's good practice to get things growing. Professor Bruce Clark at Rutgers University has indicated to us that the majority, 90% or so, are anthracnose diagnosis at this time will be from last fall infections. A small percentage of courses that have a history of early season activity have been identified in isolated pockets of southeast Connecticut, Philly, and northern New Jersey. There appears to be little reason to treat areas that do not have a history of early season infection. It's best to try to get cultural practices in order to minimize stress. Thank you for joining me for the weekly installment of the Cornell Turfgrass Shortcut Podcast, your weekly connection to turfgrass information. I'm Frank Rossi, Associate Professor of Horticulture here at Cornell University, and I hope you have a great week. This has been a production of Cornell University, on the web at cornell.edu.